it's so hard to not abuse animals. Carnies can fuck themselves. Go fuck themselves. This is a shot of all the girls. So I know one star hotel. Trying to watch This is a shot of all the girls. My expectations are not high. This is a shot of all. Well, my beautiful vegans, how the hell are you? You know, I am staying in a one-star hotel called the Red Roof Inn in uh, Dixon. I think I'm in Dixon. I might be in Binghampton. I'm not sure. I'm somewhere in New York. It's not good. <laughs> um, tour with PETA, they said. Go on an adventure, they said. Fight for the animals, they said. It's totally okay. But we came in at like 2 a.m. We got here. So let me tell you the scenario, okay? Yesterday in University of Maryland, after we did our day doing, you know, doing some, doing our flyers, doing our vegan guides, doing our really cool VR experience, it was a really nice day. Had some incredible conversations with people really felt like I was making a difference. I had these remarkable interactions with students, faculty, passersby. It was a really good day. And then at the end, we had to do a, we had to do a, uh, we, we traveled to, well, first we did a, like the animal and the animal rights club there, which is the uh, animals for the animals. Super cool bunch of folks. We took them out to a dinner and we kind of reestablished conversations with them. It was, and that was wonderful. It was like young vegans and they're all trying to get into activism and talking about different tactics they use and talk about different strategies they have with their friends and family and all of that type of thing. It was a really cool, wonderful night. And then we drove five and a half hours to New York, to Binghampton where we will do it all over again. But then last night, um, the hotel is a one-star hotel that the doors don't close right. There's uh, You can hear everything around you. It was an interesting thing. Are you close that door? <laughs> the door doesn't close. <laughs> and it's a bit rough. So there you go. Oh, you think it's pronounced Binghamton? That... That would that would be okay, Mister Bing, Mister Bingham, was the uh, Bingham was the founder of the town. He killed a bunch of Indians and uh, founded the town, and now it's called Binghamton. Thank you for uh, for telling me it's not Binghamton. I've never been here before. Um, it's interesting though. It went from like a balmy eighty degrees to like uh, like fifty degrees when we got here, and Today, it's a high of 67. It's a really interesting turn of events all in around. Red Roof Inn, stay away, LOL. Yeah, I don't book these hotels. We're a little bit, how do I say this? We're a little disappointed with the booking. 
because anyone could have seen this hotel had one star. <laughs> I tried to joke about it. Um, my roommate thinks it's far less funny than I am than I do. <laughs> but um, we didn't get much sleep last night, and we're gonna go out and have meaningful react, meaningful interactions with vegans and non-vegans traveling the country talking about veganism. Oh, already. Let's see this. Matt Donald, Matt Donald's. I will be happy to answer your, uh, even Gary Orofsky hates them. Maybe, do you know, do you know Gary Orofsky? Matt Donald's, are you vegan? That's the question, Matt Donald's for you. If you are vegan, I, I'll, I'll be happy to, I'll answer your question either way. But first I want to know if you, Matt Donald's are vegan. Don't lie to me. This is the internet. I can tell if you're lying. <laughs> vegan gaze is here. Vegan Gaze, I actually talked about you last night at the dinner with the Animal Rights Club at um, at University of Maryland. I was talking about Vegan Gaze, and I was talking about uh, all of the, I said, all of the debate, all of the vegan debate bros. It was really kind of interesting because there were a lot of people there who were very well-versed in, like, vegan YouTube world. Um, it was pretty dope. And a lot of them didn't know who you were, vegan gays. So hopefully you got a couple new subscribers out of me because I was out there talking about like, yo, you got to check out vegan gays. She's the only debate bro that I love. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade one vegan gays for all of the. Never mind. I don't want to talk shit this early in the morning about other vegan um, content creators. But you, you're a gem. You're a gem, vegan gays. And so we're talking about that a little bit. And it was, like I said, what an incredible day yesterday. I felt like we really had major connections and did some cool stuff. Dan, they know debate bros, but not me. Well, they didn't all, well, yeah, they all know about, they all know the major ones. Like they knew about Cosmic Septic and they knew about Vegan Gains and they knew about a couple others. But, um, you know, we talked about Peter Singer and we talked about, debate bros and name that trait and hypotheticals and all that stuff. And I said, ah, yes, I don't like wild hypotheticals because we don't need to get wild hypotheticals when we have hundreds of billions of animals being murdered every year, 2 trillion fish. Why do I need to have wild hypotheticals? And I said, once, you know, vegan gays promised to come on my channel and tell me why wild hypotheticals are useful in the vegan movement. But she never did. And then I cried right there at the table. Now there are there are, there's only one fully vegan restaurant in um, what's that town? College Park, which is the place. It, it, that's the place in which uh, University of Maryland is located. But we had already eaten there, so we didn't go there. Then we went there. We went to a place called Blaze Pizza, a place that I we have in California, but I've never eaten at. But all of the college students, they want to go to Blaze Pizza. And who am I to uh, argue? You know what I mean? Um, when there's a perfectly good vegan restaurant, I would prefer to go there a third time rather than uh, give any patronage to a carny restaurant. But we did have a great time. They gave us good service and everything. I don't, I don't want to recommend Blaze Pizza. But if you're in a jam and you're in College Park, Blaze Pizza might be the fucking place for you. Of course, that's what this this is what this community is supposed to be about, isn't it? Isn't that you do the same for me? You do the same for me. Misinformation sucks. The minority of animals you're referring to are the ones in dire need, close to dying, that PETA accepts 
as from bad situations or from owners that can't afford euthanasia. Well, okay, let's go back. I think Matt might have uh, run when I asked him if he was vegan. If Matt Donalds is vegan, that's awesome. But what are your thoughts that PETA kills every animal animal they supposedly rescue? Even Gary Yarovsky hates them. Well, I don't want to speak for Gary Yarovsky, but they did have a split. But the, the greatest speech you ever heard, the one that everyone loves about Gary Yarovsky, that was a PETA speech. So let's not, let's not throw the baby away with the bathwater there. I mean, projects, people work together, and then they don't work together anymore. That happens. I have people that I considered very close friends that don't like me anymore. I don't like them anymore because either projects go awry, where we drift apart, our ideologies change, whatever. Our strategies just don't, don't coalesce anymore. So, I mean, it's perfectly acceptable for projects to end and people to go their separate ways. So for Gary Yarovsky to not like PETA and PETA to just simply agree to not talk about Gary Yarovsky because I brought him up in PETA headquarters. I know exactly what happened. So, don't bring up Gary Yarovsky, please, because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But when it comes to PETA kills every animal they supposedly rescue in scare quotes, I'll tell you again, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. See, PETA takes in every animal. This is the issue. No kills, no kill um, shelters do not take in every animal. PETA takes in every animal that is surrendered, regardless of species. They try their hardest to find them homes. They have a deal with the ASPCA where they will give any animal that they think is adoptable straight to them, and that goes to their numbers, not PETA's. But that's okay. PETA also finds homes. There are lots, there's actually dogs living at PETA headquarters, <laughs> not living, but they, they're there with the people because they were rescued by the people who work there. So this word every, it's a, it's a, well, it's a lie. And so you shouldn't spread that lie. Meanwhile, um, th this is a, this is an organization that literally has mobile spay and neuter clinics where they have spent lots and lots of money to drive bus sized vehicles with vets in there. You should see the work that they do. They do amputations, they do spay and neuter, they do whatever they can, vet give what, any kind of kind of field veterinary care that they can provide, they do. And in they do it for free. And they try to incentivize quote-unquote dog owners, people who are basically in rural poverty in the middle of the country, they try to incentivize these this care by providing free dog houses, and on other other free dog food, they go out there and feed the dogs and cats and um, and any other animal they encounter. Um, so yeah, by the way, I'm on the road with Peter right now. They even have a policy: if you find a turtle, to make sure that you secure the turtle, like a dead, like a not a dead turtle, but a turtle that has been run over, a turtle that has been run over, you're supposed to secure the turtle and make sure that you keep the turtle. Uh, safe from further harm until we can get the poor thing to a veterinarian where they will either well more than likely euthanize the animal because he or she has been um, hit by a car and is simply because of their slow metabolism dying in a very slow and painful way does, does guess what that counts as the euthanasia number for PETA. all the ones i if i find an animal on the road i'm supposed to do that i really hope that i do not find a turtle I'm praying not to find a dead turtle or a dying turtle, I should say, on the roads of America as I traverse this fair nation trying to spread awareness 
about animals in laboratories. But thanks for the question. Blaze Pizza has good vegan pizza. Is I is I is I. Matt Donalds has been vegan for four years. All right, Matt Donalds. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that you are vegan. So, do you have any further questions? Don't lie about don't don't lie about Gary Yarovsky though, because uh, not exactly what went down. And PETA does not kill every animal. I've actually met animals that were rescued by PETA, and um, I've seen lots of videos, and I've met the people who actually do the rescuing. So it's really um, not fair to say things like that. People who are doing some of some of the uh the most compassionate and tireless and kind of brutal work they're out there doing um that's very difficult stuff they're out there trying to accomplish um so yeah hopefully you won't spread that misinformation to others thank you nolo don't no need to pile up on Matt Donalds. A lot of people like to talk shit on PETA. That's okay. Uh, they're the big guys, the largest largest animal um, <laughs> largest animal organization on the planet, and uh, I think they can take a punch or two. And they should stand up to scrutiny. Frankly, any organization that vegans put together should be able to stand up to scrutiny. And if they can't, then uh, <laughs> what are we? Religion? Are we a religion? Sometimes I do wish we were one, but we're not. So we need to be able to, we, our organizations need to be able to stand up to scrutiny. And I think PETA does in almost every case. Churlish is the word of the day. Don't be churlish. It's a formal word that means irritable and rude. It would be churlish not to con congratulate the winning team because we lost the match. Churlish, I really like this. I think that you might be able to use this in your activism, especially your online activism. Leave it in a comment because don't be churlish. You know what? Trolls are churlish. What a churlish little troll you are. You know what I mean? You can say something like that. Bacon trolls are churlish. Ted Lasso has gradually become more of a light drama than a comedy, but it's such a pleasant one that it seems churlish to even point this out. A lot of people like Ted Lasso. Do you guys like it? I never I never even watched an episode. Is that a, are you guys fans of Ted Lasso? I never saw it. Never saw it. Alpha Sophist. Gary Yarovsky said that PETA sexualizes women. I know you watched the speech. Yeah. Um, that, again, is why I said that people can work together and then disagree about strategies and part, and part ways. I personally have worked on projects where I came in, loved the people I was working with, and then thought that these strategies aren't working or that I just don't like what they're doing anymore. So we split ways. Um, Pete is a big organization and you might disagree with some of their tactics or strategies, but that's, um, and that's, you know, your prerogative. I personally think that lots of people's, um, activist strategies just don't work and I question their efficacy, but at the same time, I want to be a cheerleader for all activists because I want you to get the fuck up off the couch and get out there and do something. I don't care if it's collecting petition signers, signatures. I don't care if it's um, making some posts on the freaking one of these social network platforms that we've got. Do something. If you want to wear lingerie and stand out there and protest Michael Vick playing in the NFL because you'd rather go naked than watch the NFL after he drowned puppies with his bare hands because he thought it'd be fun to watch them fight. Well, 
then you could do that if you think that works. Who am I to question your method of fucking activism? And Gary Yarovsky, who the fuck is he? Do you know how many people disagree with the way he did activism? I happen to be a fan. I like the way he did his shit. I don't really like his speech delivery, but his hard message, him being the one who was constantly telling people that animals were being raped, tortured, slaughtered, um, holocausted, he did not pull back. And he did, uh, he did kind of um promote a violent a violent overthrow of this uh, oppressive regime we call uh speciesism but you know a lot of people disagree with that and that's okay too a lot of people think it should be non-violent um i like his language i honestly don't think that we should be promoting violence wow you hate gary Yarovsky. no i love gary Yarovsky. that's it Gary Ofsky doesn't like the sexualization of women, though. Well, oh, well. Love you, Gary Ofsky. Where you been lately? Is he still doing activism? When was the last time you saw something coming out of Gary Ofsky? And, and I'll just, again, the stuff that Gary Ofsky that everybody loves and shares, PETA paid for that. So, I mean, you see, it's a little bit more complicated than what you're kind of... The word curl, curl, referred to a free peasant, someone who was neither part of the nobility nor enslaved or in debt. A curl. Interesting. In Anglo-Saxon England, which lasted roughly from the 5th century to 11th centuries, oh, only 600 years, years churls were, had many rights that peasants of lower cl social classes did not and a few even rose to the rank of Thane. Wow, interesting. I never heard this before. However, as most churls were driven into the class of unfree villains <laughs> over the centuries, especially following the Norman conquest, the connotation of the word churl, spelled churl in Middle English, and then finally churl, diminished as well, eventually coming to mean a lowly peasant and later a rude, ill-bred person. Similarly, churlish began in the formal in the form churlish in old English as a simple descriptor of someone with the rank of churl. But today it describes a boorish person or their rude and insensitive behavior. A churlish peasant, you churlish ignoramus, you carny, you churlish ignoramus, ignoramus carny. Warrior vegan. I thought that was interesting too, right? A churl could degrade into a villain or could become up to a thane wow guys i told you i was in a one-star hotel today so i see that if my internet might become unstable and if it does i'm apologizing in advance if this if this broadcast stops abruptly let rest assured it's not because of you it's me seems you're referring to sexualization as a bad thing some people do think that sexualization is a bad thing Women should be able to do with whatever their bodies that they like. Yeah, I think it's not PETA responsibility for the activists sexualizing themselves. PETA says that they're sexy, not sexist. I don't understand why Americans have such a hang-up with naked bodies, but they've got no hang-up when it comes to dead ones. Isn't that bizarre? Why is it okay for a PG, a PG movie to have tons of violence? As long as they don't show too much blood, they can show as many people getting killed as they want. And even one F word if it's PG-13. But no sex at all. That's why we have sexless, loveless, humorless movies like 
I don't know, any of the Fast and Furious movies. Like, I, those are maybe sometimes kind of sexy, but you know what I mean. Americans, we make sexless, humorless action movies like these Marvel movies and all these other things where you can watch hundreds of people get killed, but um, not one of them is allowed to fall in love or, God forbid, have any kind of sexual activity. That would be simply not, not permissible. I believe it's inappropriate to be showing too much skin in, <laughs> too much skin in public. Well, that's up to you. If you th that's what's so great about America. You can think it's inappropriate for the women to show their skin and others can think it's perfectly okay. Gary Orofsky can say what he wants and we can say what we want. Welcome, Pat Finn, all the way from Ireland. And indeed, these can be complex, convoluted differences in opinion and activist or personal tactics that can unfortunately all too often get unnecessarily nasty and blown up. Exactly. I want to support anyone who wants to get up and fight for the animals. And I'm it's, you're going to have to push me pretty far before I question your tactics. What is too much skin and why? Am I showing too much skin right now? Alpha Sophist, it's interesting. You say that America's obsessed with the sex from a young age, but I don't think, I think it's all, we, we, we just like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I blame the Abrahamic relations for the glorification of violence and repression of sexual sexuality in Western civilization. Yeah, I don't know, man. We come from, we're pretty Puritan around here. I just came, I was just in the South, I'm telling you. Just finished with the ethical slut. And there's a lot of social shame around bodies and sex. I mean, you are in England. Uh, in England, I hear it's even worse most days. But so you let me know. Let me know what you think there, vegan gays. Anyway, the word of the day is churlish. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you'll be able to uh, use it in your activism. That'd be pretty cool. You got to sound smarter than the carnies after all. <laughs> I asked um, the guy last night where I should do this broadcast. I said, do you have a little office or something? And he said, no, we don't have one of those. I said, "Work is, do you have anything, any place where I can just do this? Maybe the breakfast room? He goes, no, no, you can't do it there. And I said, where should I do it? And he said, there's a gazebo in the back where the smokers go. <laughs> like, okay, I'll do it there. <laughs> there's no sex ed in your in your country? In your schools, people don't want children to know anything about sex. Yeah, uh, that's a little sad, isn't it? A little scary. Why would you educate people? The majority of the most graphic and vulgar sexual stems from Eastern countries. Ooh, interesting. Sex ed school was so limited and so much important stuff was dis wasn't discussed. It's terrible. So it makes sense that if you're going to if you're going to try to bring light to something that's very extreme like the freaking horrible stuff that we're doing to animals wouldn't it make sense to use something that is viewed as somewhat extreme by the hoi polloi like some lingerie I'm sorry like I've I've seen all of these PETA things that are supposedly offend offensive and I have not been offended even one time I don't I'm not sure why people like get on this like showing lingerie 
Like you could see that in most places without an ID. So, I mean, go to Las Vegas, you know what I'm saying? People, people could do whatever they want. I don't know why if it's, it's the idea of, Hey, look over here. We're talking about animal rights. Why would you educate kids and keep them safer and make them safer people? And what that would be silly. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't try to make anyone a better citizen, but through education, that would be, that'd be horrible. I mean, there's people who think that Elwood dog meat. I mean, look at, look at the vitriol that people like vegan gays have received simply by saying, Hey, I think we should eat dog meat as a joke. So I really mean like, no matter what kind of activism you do, you're probably offending somebody. And if you're not offending anybody, that would be the first time I would go ding dong. Maybe, uh, maybe we're not in the right business. Maybe we're not doing this right, but who knows? I think a lot of people think we should all just be asking very nicely every day. Excuse me, please. Excuse me, please. Would you go vegan, please? I'd like you to go vegan if you don't mind. Thank you. People here in the East believe ignorance is bliss for a child so that they can focus on a stem on STEM. Yeah. Focus on STEM because STEM will set you free. The Ethical Slut is a good book. I also recommend the book Talk Dirty to Me, an intimate philosophy of sex. That sounds pretty hot, Matt Donalds. Matt Donalds, new VFF. I like the suggestion. Way to go, Matt Donalds. Like it. I've got I've also got vitriol from vegans, which is funny as hell. Thank you. Well, you'll you'll get vitriol from vegans. I mean, Gary Orofsky hates PETA because of the naked stuff. So no matter what you do, you're going to piss off somebody. And the, fact, the chance of pissing off a vegan is always high because vegans are sensitive little flowers. They're like little mimosas. You just touch, you just touch the flower a little bit and they go like a mimosa flower. We, we, we shrink when we get the little bit offended. And I don't understand it. We don't get offended. Like we watch, we've all seen Dominion. We've got thick skin. Don't let the bastards grind you down. That's the ideal for them. And it isn't happening. Yeah, I was watching that thing from Network where he says like, oh, yeah, you want us to be, you want, oh, yeah, we, we're in this, we're in this situation. All we want to do is sit in our living, in our living room and say, just leave me alone in my living room. Just leave me alone. Oh, just let me be here in my living room. Oh, my gosh. I just want to be here and just leave me alone, please. And most people are perfectly okay with that. That's what they want. They want to be left alone in their live in their living room. Did I, what was, I, I missed it. I'm sorry. I love being cheerless towards RV. Call me childish, but it's fun. Not bad. You could say, I don't need to be churlish, but that would be pretty good. Terribly sorry, no injustice lasts forever. In IR sex education wise, vegan gays will be back when I was in school anyway. You know, it's funny. When I was in college, I read a book by a famous Irish author. I forget the name of the of that book, but it was about like trying to get an abortion in Ireland. And it was like, holy shit, what year was this fucking written? And it was like written in 1995 or something. And I was just, just like, Jesus, this is happening now? Catholics, you know, what are you going to do? Catholics, am I right? Can you please maybe not gas chamber someone for a sandwich? I hope that that's an okay. I'm sorry, but if you have a moment, I'd like to ask you kindly to to not pay for gas chambering animals. Would you mind, please? 
Sexuality is simply a tool that can be used, especially for good. Sexual sexuality, I would actually argue, is even more is a language that we speak. We speak a language, and one of those languages we speak is sex. And you know, I think using it to to speak for animals is a better use of it than selling records. And we're using sex to sell records, cars, uh toaster ovens. Sex has been used to sell everything. So why not use sex to sell animal rights? Oh, but Sky, you're using one form of oppression to end another. No, I'm not because humans can consent and animals cannot. That's how I look at it. I got to go fight my boxing bag. Oh, you're going to fight a boxing bag? Well, parents want their children to not engage in extramarital sex, so they raise them in a censored environment. Ooh, punch that kitty for me. Punch that kitty for me. Gary's opinion on sexuality is oppressive to women, in my opinion. I would tend to agree, but I understand that I'm not I'm not the only one. All right, so Spanish expedition led Portuguese navigator Ferdinand Magellan sets off first successful circumnavigation of the globe, and Magellan killed en route. You know, I think it's so funny is that Magellan didn't even make it. We're always like, Magellan sailed around the world, first dude to do it. No, he didn't even make it. Poor bastard, he died. Uh, the British, French, and Ottoman alliance defeat the Russian Empire in the first major battle of the Crimean War. The Crimean War, you know, that was a big, that's a big war for the British. In 1854, they still talk about it. They've got statues all over Trafalgar Square and shit. Crimean War was a big deal. Lots of songs sung about that one. The British loved that. And it was today that they won their first big battle. Way to go, Britain and the French. Oh, don't forget about the French. Both East and West Germans ratify reunification by the way the french did you hear they're pushing for more factory farms in france because of the growing demand for cheap meat god damn it french the french you think they're you think they're enlightened lefties but they're just another bunch of bastards like everybody else they're pushing for more factory farms east and west germany in 1990 germ uh, ratified reunification of course in 89 the wall came down and where were you when the berlin wall came down it was a big deal. I remember it. It was just a little one. I was about 10 years old, and uh, it was a pretty big deal. East and West became one again, reunified after something like 50 years of, of division after World War II. It's a horrible thing to divide a country with a wall. Don't ever build walls. Build bridges. I know a guy that we had a president talking about a wall. People got really behind him. He even got elected. It was horrible. He tried to take over our country by violent means. It's a piece of shit. Build bridges, not walls. In address to joint session of Congress and American people, U.S. President George W. Bush declares war on terror. Another bullshit war. America, rather than America, always does this. Instead of trying to solve problems, we declare war on inanimate objects and ideas. War on drugs. War on terror. War on poverty. War on whatever. War on sexuality, war on Christmas. You know what I mean? That's how we, we need a war on animal agriculture. The war, the it's always a war that we declare on random shit. America, let's not solve problems. Let's declare war instead. Bill Cosby show came out in 1984 today. That was one of my favorite shows growing up. I grew up next to mostly black families on my block. And we watched a lot of Bill Cosby, let me tell you. And I, I grew up loving Bill Cosby. It's one of my favorite things growing up. Bill Cosby and the Simpsons. That's what I love to watch on a Sunday. In 1969, the cartoon band Archie's Sugar Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. 
um, hits number one. I always love this fact in today's in music. When you hear think about 1969, most people think about Woodstock and how important the musical revolution that was going on during that time was. But the truth is, Gimme Shelter came out in 1969, and that's the song that they play every time you're in the 60s or early 70s. Gimme Shelter by, by the Rolling Stones. They always play that. They play it in every Vietnam movie. They play it in every in, in casino. They play it. They're constantly playing it. It's just a shot away. But really... If they were going to be historically accurate, they would play Sugar Sugar by the Archies, a cartoon band by that ridiculous little redhead dude who fell in love with Betty and Veronica. He just couldn't decide if he liked blondes or brunettes. That was the hardest conundrum. That was the most difficult conundrum place, uh, facing um, American cartoons in the 1960s. Blondes or brunettes, which do you prefer? <laughs> so uh i'm in i i was in maryland yesterday and today maryland passes the first anti-amalgamation law to stop intermarriage of english women and black men in 1664 the very first of its kind anti-amalgamation laws were the were really horrible shit yeah and uh just to say that white people and black people couldn't get married maryland First, first one, they're going to put on the license plate. First amalgamation laws today in history. They made it against the law. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for that super sticker. I appreciate you so much, Nolo. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you so much. Thank you. Unfortunately, Al Gore lost to George Bush in 2000 AD. He did. I know Domini. Um, current. We usually don't use AD anymore. Now we say common era, CE, Anno Domini. The year of our Lord, 2000, Al Gore and George Bush. Al Gore didn't lose to George Bush. He won. But the Supreme Court was controlled by the Republicans. Sound familiar? And they decided that it was Al Gore who lost, even though he won the, he won the popular and the electoral college. It was, a, it was a steal. They stole it fair and square. Always banging on about wars from Waterloo to World War II. There you go. Waterloo to World War II. How old am I? I mean, I'm old as I'm old as the hills. I'm old as sin. I'm old as <laughs> I'm old as uh, a 44 year old man. I'm still 44. Don't 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 push me up to 45 just yet. Yeah, redhead. He was a redhead. Archie was a red. He he couldn't fall in love with another red. He had to fall. He had to choose between blonde and brunette. Those were the choices. I look so younger. Thank you. I think it was because I went vegan in my twenties. But I am showing a little bit. I'm showing a little bit, and you can't tell, but I do have a little tinsel coming in. But I look younger than most people my age, so I'm happy about that. I like that. Thank you so much. No, nothing wrong with using being proud of one's sexuality, but selling it in any way, we should make sure those selling aren't selling out, that they are strong and qualified in consenting. I agree with that statement very much. Yeah, I'm like um, I'm like Benjamin Button. I'm I'm going backwards. Although you can see like my look at my sideburns, I'm getting really I'm getting kind of self-conscious about them because they're growing out on this um on this trip and they're a little bit gray. So I'm feeling a little bit of a 
I feel a little self-conscious about my sideburns going gray, guys. And I'm going to grow my beard in November because it's Men's Health Awareness Month. So I'm pretty worried. I'm pretty worried about it. Today, Upton Sinclair's birthday. Upton Sinclair was one of the... Oh, shit. It's Maxwell Perkins' birthday. All right. Maxwell Perkins was one of the... Is... Was one of the all-time best editors. One of the most important editors uh, for literature. He edited uh, Thomas Wolfe and he edited uh, Ernest Hemingway, and he edited Raymond Carver. He edited um, Raymond Carver. Oh, my God. Who else? He... F. Scott Fitzgerald. Jesus. He was, like, one of the most important editors of in the history of the world. But Upton Sinclair, of course, wrote a little book called The Jungle. He also wrote a book called Oil, which became a movie called There Will Be Blood. Maybe you've seen it. Upton Sinclair, though, wrote the book called Jungle. And if you're vegan and have not read the very short book, The Jungle, you should. It's required reading in schools, at least it used to be. And it's about the meatpacking industry in the late 19th century. It was a muckraking novel. They called it The Jungle, about the U.S. meatpacking industry. The book caused a public out uproar and contributed to a passage a few months later of the 1906 Pure Food and Drug Act and the Meat Inspection Act. What's very sad, since 1906, very little has changed. We need another Upton Sinclair to write another book. Do you think they'll listen? Doubtful. People want their cheap meat in France. We can't, we can't, we can't make it more difficult. So Upton Sinclair changed the world with a little book called The Jungle. Very interesting dude. Hardcore communist amazing writer if you haven't read upton sinclair you definitely should one of my favorites yeah he changed the world he changed america he died in 1968 at 90 years old upton sinclair man that's his birthday happy birthday upton sinclair he probably was vegan let's find out was upton sinclair vegan He was a complete vegetarian. He ate predominantly vegetables and nuts. Yeah, complete vegetarian back then kind of meant vegan. So I'm thinking never ate fish. He ate three meals a day consisting only of brown rice, fresh fruit, celery topped with powdered milk and salt. Damn. But... Yeah, no, he was an he, he did not eat uh I think he was an ethical vegetarian. Powdered milk and salt. Weird. What a weird thing to eat. Upton Sinclair, what do you know? Maybe the milk thing was a was a blind spot for him. Or maybe um people just didn't think of shit like that back in the 50s. You know, he was in 1906, he wrote the novel. So 1906, shit was different. There was no such thing as veganism in 1906 when he wrote his first book. So there you go. He ate, he ate powdered milk, though. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> all right. Uh, none of these people are vegan. I looked them all up. Sophia Loren, she's 89 years old. I'm always surprised that she's still alive. One of the most um, alluring sex icons. Speaking of sex icons, Sophia Loren used her body to sell all sorts of shit over the years, but she never used it to sell animal rights. Maybe if she had, we'd be in a better place. People used to have her doe skin bikini fixture all over their walls. If you ever look up doe skin bikini, Sophia Loren, you'll see why.
Anyway, all right. Who died today? Anyone cool? Jacob Grimm died to get today. He was a great writer. He was kind of a he helped write the first German German dictionary, and he wrote the Grimm's fairy tales along with his brother, the Brothers Grimm, Jacob Grimm. He died today in 1863. Edward Vierce killed himself today. Edvard Edvard Wiltz. Edvard Wiertz. He was a Nazi doctor in Auschwitz. If you don't know who Edvard Wiertz is, then you don't know your Nazi history. Um, and that's okay. Who gives a shit, right? He's just a piece of shit who killed himself after he was a doctor at Auschwitz. What does a doctor do at Auschwitz, you ask? Nothing good. He was up to no good. He was up to no good in the neighborhood. He got in one little fight and his mom got scared and they said, we're going to hang you in Nuremberg, you piece of shit, because you're an evil piece of shit. And so instead he killed himself. He took away the state's ability to apply justice. But he's still dead, so fuck him. Fiorello LaGuardia. You might not know who he was, but he was a three-term mayor in New York City. He changed New York City with lots of public school things. He, he, he rooted out corruption in New York. People say he, he is the mayor who changed New York into modernity. His name was LaGuardia, and he also started a little thing called the New York City Airport which today is called LaGuardia International Airport. 1947, he died today. What did he die of, I wonder? What did he die of? Pancreatic cancer. Well, sorry. Sorry, LaGuardia. And, of course, Jim Croce is a wonderful musician. He died quite young, but he's one of the greatest American folk singers of all time. Jim Croce, if you don't know who he is, you should check him out. Go for it. Cosby's were the perfect family, I thought. Yeah, right. I thought it was I thought he was amazing. <sighs> I know, right? Old as sin. Looking slick, Sky. Well, I woke up after I didn't sleep yesterday. So I really didn't sleep. And now we're doing what made me vegan? What made me vegan? I was against I am against um, violence and oppression. And someone told me once at a party that uh well you're a hypocrite because you're eating eggs and dairy and i said huh i don't want i'm not a hypocrite and then i went vegan because it is hypocritical to say that you're against violence oppression slavery any of the horrible things to say you're against rape to say you're against uh, oppression of any kind um, to say you're for justice to say you're for peace um and if you're still eating eggs and dairy or murdering animals or enslaving them, you're a hypocrite. I don't like being a hypocrite. Sometimes I'm accidentally one. Uh, in this case, I was accidentally one. I found out about it. When you know better, you do better. So I went vegan. There's the story. Nothing wrong with making money, honey. Thank you. Beauty is fleeting and knowledge is permanent. Very well put. Got a couple of little slack back then. There wasn't as much data showing completely plant-based could be healthy. True. Also, there was not even a, such a thing as a vegan. The fact that he was way ahead of his time. If he, if that's what he was eating. Celery and brown rice topped with milk powder and, and salt. Yeah, I think that uh, disappointed. He did He did the best he could with what he knew. That's what I think about when I think of those old timers, you know. I think we could, we could claim, we could technically claim, we could claim Upton Sinclair on a technicality, I think. You always wonder about the airport's name. Now you know. LaGuardia International Airport. And it was after this guy. Mr. LaGuardia. 
Mr. Fiorello LaGuardia. He uh, he rooted out corruption and uh, and changed the changed the way New York City does business. Yeah. Do you have them in the United States? Yeah, we do. We call them uh, trivia nights. As kinetic energy of bullet transfers to brain into much. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. That's it. That's that's who died today, Jim Croce. I hope you guys all have a better day than Jim Croce did. But because um, you're because I need you vegans, so have a better day than Jim Croce. Last but not least, your affirmation of the day. This affirmation is for vegans only. Guides. Good vibes only are for vegans. If you aren't vegan, please fuck off now because I don't want anything to do with you and I don't want any vegan vibes going your way. These are only for vegans. All right. Here we go. I ask for help when I need it. I ask for help when I need it. Some I don't always ask for help. Sometimes I need extra help. Like even for, by the way, anyone who um, donated money to the, um, to the, the GoFundMe to get me to California. Thank you so much for doing that. I just, Jess McKay put that GoFundMe together because I'm not good at asking for help. <clears throat> I ask for help when I need it is a good affirmation. My life is not meant to be lived alone. Community and connection are natural, beneficial, and at the end of the day, crucial to my well-being. Man, that sounds like vegan community to me. You don't have to go through this alone. Being vegan on your own in an in a abattoir world, there's no reason to do it like that. Therefore, I let people in and accept people's help. I welcome support for my happiness. I support you for your happiness. Thank you so much, vegans. I hope that you're out there making the world a better place. Thank you for celebrating critical thinking. Thank you for fighting the good fight. Keep bucking that mainstream and making a difference. Bye. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Colonies can fuck themselves. Don't fuck themselves. This is a shot of all vegans. Thank you to all the Patreon subscribers, all of our channel members, and all of our GoFundMe who are made it possible for me to go to California this weekend. I'm flying on Friday to make that happen. <coughs> Meanwhile, I will not be broadcasting on Friday because I will be flying to California to uh, appear on the animal rights panel for uh, for SoCal VegFest. I also found out that Jane from Unchained TV will be bringing a videographer and I think broadcasting live during that panel. And I hope that's true. If not, she said that it will be posted. She is going to definitely take video. So I'm pretty stoked about that. So if you're on Unchained TV, you know what I'm talking about. Jane is our moderator for the, uh, for the panel. And I, I can't be more honored to have been invited and to be participating mostly because well actually exclusively because of you the, this community and making it making it possible and I, my heart really is um 
is touched by everyone's involvement in that. So thanks. And then um, on Sunday, so we're talking just some housekeeping. Sunday, um, I think Lauren's going to have to do it alone because I think I'll be in an airplane coming back to um, to Pennsylvania. So thank you. And uh, that's that's all I have to say. Tonight, I don't know what's going to happen because I might have to be moving out of this hotel. I was hoping to do a broadcast tonight, but I don't know what the fuck's going to happen with this shitty little the shitty hotel I'm staying at. Hopefully, we'll be able to convince um, the rest of the team, let's say, to uh, to get the heck out of here. I don't know. Anyway, maybe I'll be on online later on tonight. Illegitimate, non-carborundum. Don't let the bastards grind you down. I need you. The animals need you. And uh, the vegan community, we need each other. Thank you, guys. Thank you.